Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, we're discussing training techniques you can use to really spice up your workout. So to explain what this means, Roisin, I'm just going to ask you a question. And this is a genuine question that I really want to know the answer to. Can you remember the first time you started working out? And if so, how did you decide what to do as part of that workout? I remember it well. I got invited along to a local gym with two friends that wanted to quote unquote lose weight. We were all in our late teens, early 20s. So obviously not one of us needs to lose any weight. Oh, the memory burns. (laughs) You know, when you have one of those memories, Mm -hmm. I turned up to the gym in a pair of borrowed trainers. And, you know, when it's someone's oldest trainers, I can just remember the PT looking at my trainers. (laughs) And I was mortified because I remember thinking, I don't own a pair of trainers because I don't do any exercise. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fair point. We got the induction. This is the squat bench. This is the overhead extension thingy bob. And she said, is everyone cool with that? And we all nodded. Yeah. Yeah. And then off she went and we spent the rest of the time dangling off this equipment. Not rhyme, nor reason to what we were trying to do. And really, I had a similar experience for many years because I would join a gym. I would then go in and badly use their equipment and then I would give up and then I'd let the membership run for another year and I'd cancel it. And then I'd rinse and repeat. So it was only really in the last, I suppose, 10 years that I have really found my way around the gym and know what all the machines Mm. do. You know, me and you used to be at the same gym. I've seen you working out many a time. And... I have to say, you do now look like an absolute pro. Like you are in there and you are lifting the weights, you are smashing it, you are doing the squats. And also you have some very nice trainers now, which is, you know, a bonus. Again, genuine question is what's changed? What's changed between you and borrowed trainers to you absolutely smashing it in the gym? This is going to sound like a complete setup for Maria's personal training business, which is excellent, by the way, especially if you want to get pregnant. (laughs) I got a personal trainer. That's the answer. I actually went around, instead of having the gym induction, I Mm. went for a private induction with a personal trainer. I did a six-week one-to-one training course. I was dieting at the time, and I understood that I just couldn't rely on just the diet. I had to do a little bit more. It was after I had the girls, and I think the body was feeling a little weak. I went around, and I pointed things and went, why am I on that machine, or what Mm. does that do? And Oftentimes, and I'm sure Maria will go into this later, is that it's not how you're using the machine in a way, it's how you position yourself on the machine. Because sometimes we're Ooh. in slightly the wrong position. So let's say if you're doing um, a leg press, which I think most people would know, you know, it's one of those things that you push a plate away. And for years, I was just in the wrong position on that thing. You have to be quite low mm. and you have to mm. really feel your bum moving. For me, it was all like, oh, I'm just doing legs here. As the, the name would suggest, it's a leg press, but you're meant to engage your butt. 
things like that. When I went around with a personal trainer, that's when I kind of learned not only what the machine does, but how to use it and how to sit in it. Usually a trainer will make the most out of that machine for you. And that's how I learned. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm just going to take a little step back here so that this kind of all makes sense. What we're looking at today is things that you can do in the gym, basically to get more bang for your buck, to make sure that when you're in that gym, you are doing a decent workout, but you're leaving feeling like you've done a really, really good job. And the reason I'm excited to talk about this today is because there are a few things you can do that will make a massive difference to your progress. And these are things that you might not come across if you're just kind of randomly walking around the gym, speaking to a random person. I love what you've just said. For a lot of people, they will go into a gym. Quite often they'll wander around. Sometimes people are too scared to speak to the PTs that are in the gym, which I get because it can be an intimidating space. I think you also get the group of people, and I have to say this does tend to be women, who will go in, keep the head down, find the cardio machine and then leave. So what I'm really excited to talk about today are different ways you can spice up your workout so you really get the most out of it when you go to the gym. So Roshan, again, I don't know what you're actually going to say to this, but can you remember anything in particular you ever did in the gym, perhaps with a trainer, something where you really felt it or something that started to really make a difference to your fitness? I don't know the answer to this. I'm curious. Squat training. Ah, the reason why squats are quite difficult for newbies is that even though we all have, you know, I think pretty strong thighs, we walk around <laughs> on them all the time, but it's your quads, that lump of muscle at the front of your thighs. And that's what squats kind of target. My trainer did, I don't know how you do it, Maria, but basically it was like a sitting down and standing up motion. So I had mm -hmm. to literally sit down on the bench, tip it with my thumb and up again and tip it with my mm -hmm. bum and up again and tip it with my bum. And I can remember going, this is hard. That was without a weight on my oh. back. It was without any load whatsoever. I was really starting at that point when I started with my trainer, sitting down and standing up. Now, obviously, yeah. I, I do it weighted now. I don't need the seat. I found that to be such a good beginner's exercise because fear of squatting with weight is I don't want to go too low and then fall backwards in a gym scenario. Mm -hmm. As my mother would say, the holy mortifying shame. <laughs> she was Irish as am I the holy mortifying shame of falling back but basically so you get your balance first and that's why I really like that way of teaching that particular exercise you start with your balance and then you add your weight Maria what was yours first of all I love what you've said about squats and I will come back to that later squats are actually quite a technical move and they do require a lot of work and they are incredible for your body. The fact that you had a trainer that properly taught you how to do squats is amazing because that's what should happen. For me, I remember going when I was 18 and I think I was a bit like you. I just wandered into the gym and had a wander around and ended up on the treadmill a lot. But when I really started to get into it was a little bit later on. And I have to say HIIT training kind of changed the game for me because I used to go in, wander around, find some equipment I like the look of and just kind of have a play on it and then go home. But for me, when I first came across high intensity interval training, that was a game changer. It made such a difference to my fitness. You know, I would do three hit sessions a week, not do that much running. And I was getting PBs in all my races. And that's just because the sheer cardio improvement, but also the muscular improvement throughout my whole body. So I got my 10k PB, you know, I worked hard. I worked, I worked really hard to get it, but it made such a difference to me. And that's when I began to understand there are different things you can do. There are different types of training. Your body will respond in different ways. And this is what I want to get into today. Just before I get into it in a little bit more detail, I'm just going to quickly explain what we mean by things like sets and reps, because I think there are a lot of barriers to the gym. 
just the language sometimes can be intimidating for some people. The two key things you need to know are your reps. Reps just means repetitions. So if someone says to you, do eight to 10 reps of squats, let's go with your example, you're going to get your bum to hit that chair eight to 10 times. And the reason we say eight to 10 is because some people will kind of max out at eight and they'll be completely done. Some people will have a couple more in them. So they go to 10. So reps is repetitions. It's the number of times you do a movement. Sets is a little bit like your circuit. So you might say you're going to do three sets of eight to 10 reps. So your bum is going to hit that seat eight times and it's going to hit that seat eight times for three times in a row. So you're going to do three sets. It's like three circuits of squats. And this is important if you're getting into the gym, because depending on what you want your body to do, you will change your number of reps, the number of repetitions, you will do more or less, and you will change the number of sets. And that will have an effect on how your body changes. So long story short, you might lift really heavy weights, but you're only going to do one set of lifting really heavy. So that's the basic language around sets and reps. And it isn't really any more complicated than that. But it's really important because it can massively affect what your body does. Marie, can you also explain tempo? Because sometimes you'll get a set, a rep and a tempo. Yeah, absolutely. Tempo just means, let's say you're doing a bicep curl. So you've got the weight in your hand. So you're lifting that dumbbell up towards your shoulder. Tempo is just how quickly you carry out that movement. That's all it is. So when you go to the gym... You might see some people, they are rapidly lifting that dumbbell. They're going hell for leather, basically busting out those eight to 10 reps. Some people, maybe they've got a much bigger, heavier weight, are going much more slowly. It's really cool because this is how you change your body. This is how you change your muscle size and your muscle strength and power and all that type of thing. So yeah, it's just the speed at which you move that weight, basically faster, slower, and they do slightly different things. How much strain is your muscle under? And you can mix that into your workout to get different results. If you plateau, you might mess around with tempo. So there's lots you can do. Would people go slower in order to build bigger biceps, for example? Yeah, this is um, a true story. I was thinking about this when I was preparing for this week's show. When I did karate, my instructor was incredible. Legitimately, you competed for England, absolute fantastic karate instructor. And he would make us do the kicks. So imagine like a sidekick like you, you know, you see in all the movies. He would make us do that as slowly as humanly possible. And the reason for that was it just strengthened your muscle and it was also very good for balance. But it was much, much harder to do it slowly than it was to do it fast because your muscle is in that kind of contracted phase for so much longer. I could do 30 kicks as fast as you like, not a problem. Get me to do two really slow, really steady, really controlled and not fall over. Game changer. Exhausting. And it just helps keep your muscles awake, keeps them firing. If you're beginning to plateau, which just means you're not really beginning to see any results anymore, your body kind of adapts, you have to mix it up. And one of the ways you can do that is through changing your tempo. And that's the other thing. Sometimes if you are a newbie to the gym and you're given a program from the gym and you tend to follow it religiously and if you're doing really well, you're turning up and you're doing it three times a week and you're trying your very best, your body adapts. So one of the things you have to do is you have to change your exercise routine probably every six weeks, I'd say. Maria's nodding. That's good because your body will adapt to that one exercise. 
it's a bit of a bugger because usually by the time you're doing it for six weeks, you've got it nailed and it's lovely and easy and whatever. So I'm in the middle of changing one of mine at the moment. And I so miss my old workout because I do not think and have to look at the trainer eyes up. We absolutely do. And that's one of the things to look out for in a program is that program has to bring you on. Every four to six weeks, something needs to change. So like you said, load is the the weight that you're lifting. It might be the number of sets you do. So you might go from two to three. It might go the number of reps that you do. So you do from eight to 10, you switch to 10 to 12. You can change all these variables around and it will make a big difference to your training. And if you have plateaued, yeah, speak to your trainer, speak to someone in the gym, drop me a message. That's absolutely fine. I love this stuff. I live and die for this. I think this is so interesting. So by all means, get in touch. There's lots of things you can do. When you're looking at a client that wants to move through fertility or treatment, what are you trying to get that workout to achieve for them? Because it's not muscle growth. It would depend on each individual client, but my key goal when working with clients is to get them as fit and as healthy as possible for fertility treatment and then a lovely healthy pregnancy. Building muscle will definitely come into that because muscle just makes you healthier. It's just a good thing to have in your body. But the main thing is to work with those women to get them ready for fertility treatment. But yeah, building muscle, improving the cardio, improving their general fitness overall, and obviously managing that BMI is a big one. Sorry to interrupt, but I know that you want a baby in 2023. So I want to let you know about my all new training plans. I know so many of you are fed up with trying to lower your BMI alone. You feel confused and overwhelmed with the information around fitness for fertility, and you really just want a baby. My training plans are designed to support you at whatever stage of your journey that you are at. Whether you need to lose 12 pounds or more to reach your target BMI, whether you need accountability support, and whether or not you need meal plans, head over to fitnessfertility.com forward slash training for fertility to find out more or book in for a free consultation at fitnessfertility.com forward slash free consultation to discuss your own personal fertility needs. And now back to the show. For your clients, what training methods do you recommend? This is where I get very excited, Roisin. The first one I would recommend, if you have access to a few different weights in the gym, is something called drop sets. They're very, very good for muscle gain. They're fantastic for fat busting. They work really well when improving your metabolic rate. Idea is more muscle mass equals less body fat. So a drop set is a really cool thing to do. The way a drop set would work is, let's go back to the bicep curl because it's a nice, easy one to picture. Okay, so you've got your bicep curl on the go. What you do with a drop set is you have three sets of dumbbells ready. So let's say you've got a 10 kilo set, an eight kilo set and a six kilo set. So what you're going to do with your drop set is you're going to pick up your dumbbells. You're going to pick up the heaviest set of dumbbells. So let's say in this example, you're going to do maybe six to eight repetitions of the bicep curl with those dumbbells. You are then going to put the dumbbells down. You're then going to pick up the next set of dumbbells and you're going to do maybe 10 to 12 reps on those dumbbells straight away. Then you're going to drop those down and you're going to pick up the next lightest set of dumbbells. Basically, you're going to keep doing that until you get to failure, which means you really can't lift anymore. And these are called drop sets. And the idea is you are fatiguing your muscles to try and then help them grow. You wouldn't want to necessarily do it all the time, but it's a really nice way that you can maybe put in at the end of your workout, get a bit more bang for your buck. 
working to failure is what you're meant to do with pretty much all weighted exercises. You can't physically lift that last rep. That's also why you can't do this day after day after day in the gym. You must take time Mm -hmm. between sessions, at least a day to let the muscle recover with any kind of resistance training. You're damaging muscle fibers so that when they grow back, they grow back stronger. You know, you've had a good workout when you go down and have a coffee afterwards. You can't really hold the coffee. You're shaking and it's spilling everywhere. So not to terrify anybody out there about the shaking thing. You will feel (laughs) so good. I can't describe the feeling of achievement after a really good weight session. You can nearly see the results Mm. in the mirror as well quite quickly. You can. You get a pump. Your muscles will look bigger. Take those selfies, people. If you're out in a night out and you're wearing like a strappy top or a vest top, you want to show off your arms. Yeah. Do a few curls. Do a drop set. (laughs) Next are supersets. A superset is where you do two exercises back to back without a break. Now, for anyone that isn't used to working out, I'll just explain that normally you might do your workout. You do your 10 push-ups and then you have a rest and then you do your 10 squats. Then you have a rest and then you carry on and you do, let's say, your tricep dips. So you always have a rest in between your exercises. With a superset, you take the rest out. What's really cool about supersets is, depending on your current level of fitness, you can either target the same muscle back to back. Or if you want to do a superset, but not quite target the same muscle, maybe you're not quite there yet, you could do the opposite muscle, but you don't have a break in between. And the idea is you're working both muscles really hard, but you're taking that rest element out. It has huge benefits in terms of building muscle, but just also supporting your overall fitness. And there's lots of ways you can mix it up. But the key thing is you take the rest out. And so what I gradually do in my programs is I will start with maybe a superset, which is two. Then I'll move people onto a triset, which is where you've got three back to back without a rest. Then you can just carry on. It just builds fitness, builds cardio, but also builds strength. And again, it's a really nice finisher, but you can also do it just as part of your main workout as well. For drop sets, you absolutely need to have some equipment. You need to have a range of dumbbells at your disposal. But for supersets, you don't need equipment, do you? No. And this is why I build them into my workouts because you can do them at home or in the gym. And what I love about supersets is you can do them purely based on body weight. And again, what that means for people that aren't quite used to the terminology is body weight to where you do the exercises without any additional weight. So it might be the squat like you were talking about earlier. But again, push-ups are body weight exercises. Tricep dips, which are the ones where you kind of sit on the edge of your table or a solid surface and dip yourself down. None of these require any weights. So you could do a superset of, let's say, 10 push-ups, and then you straight away go into your tricep dips and you do 10 tricep dips. Back to back, no break in between. So you don't need any equipment. I mean, you can use equipment if you've got it, but you absolutely don't need it. And that's why it is really good to have in a workout program. And they're really effective. They work really, really well. If times are tight and you really can't swing it for a gym, not mention a personal trainer, the bands are excellent for this. So you can get them. Oh, love them. You can get them on Amazon. Mm-hmm. With those, you can do it all. So you can use them for press-ups. You can use them for squats. They're excellent for squats because with a band, all you do is pop it over your knees, visualize sitting back down, like as if you're sitting on an invisible chair and you're pushing your knees out and then back you go. There's loads of YouTube videos, and I'm sure Maria has loads on her Trainerizer app as well, about how to use bands. They're amazing. I take them on holiday. I work out on holiday all the time, which is maybe no surprise to anyone that knows me. I love resistant bands. Wrap them up, stick them like socks in your shoe, get on holiday, sorted. 
if you are thinking of getting away for Easter or in the summer and you're going through your fertility treatments and you want to stay on your program, skipping rope. Oh, yes. Yeah, skip for five minutes in the morning, do some bands. You'll thank yourself when you come back from holiday because you won't be starting again. You'll be pretty much still as fit as the time that you left. Seamlessly roaching, that takes us into a third method. It's something called an EMOM. And an EMOM stands for every minute on the minute. And I absolutely love this type of workout. And what this means is every 60 seconds, you repeat the same set of exercises. And I'll give you an example in just a second. As soon as you've finished those exercises, you rest until the minute comes back round and then you go again. Let's keep it nice and simple. Say you were doing uh, push-ups and squats. Okay. So you hit go on the timer. Let's say you do your 10 squats, you do your 10 push-ups, and then you rest. And then the timer comes back round, 60 seconds later, you go again. You do your 10 squats, your 10 push-ups, and then you rest. And it is an amazing way to get fit. Again, some people do these as their whole workout. Some people actually do them to lift weight. Say you were working on your one rep max, which is the most you can lift in just one repetition. They will lift heavy, but they will only do one. And it's an amazing way to train. So on holiday... You could set your timer for, let's say, seven minutes. Every minute on the minute, you do two, three exercises. And what's really cool about this is it gets harder to recover the further you get in because it's quite easy to recover after your first minute. When you're five minutes in, it's getting harder. And recovery is a massive measure of fitness. And one of the ways you can measure how fit you are is how quickly or how long it takes you to recover. And an EMOM is a really great way of improving fitness, but also figuring out if your fitness is improving, because it takes you less time to recover. And they're very holiday friendly, fertility friendly, and they're really adaptable. You can use weights, you can do them as body weights, whatever you want to do. So an EMOM, every minute on the minute, love them. It would also give you a lot of cardio strength, wouldn't it? Like, you know, with that lung burn, which I feel a real sense that I'm getting there with exercising. If I get that lung burn once a week. The fittest people still, when they push it, they still get that. It's universal. The puffing and yeah. puffing, the red face, everything. That is not the preserve of people that are just starting. I always think that when I go to a gym, everyone's in their own personal battle against the door because it's easier to walk back through that door. And it is your own <laughs> personal is. battle of staying in the room, regardless of how fit or unfit you believe you are. The battle is a personal one just want to very quickly pick up on this point. The other thing that I know is a barrier to people going to the gym is this fear of looking hot and sweaty, looking like you're working out in the gym. A real gym is not Instagram. That's not what a real gym is. I'm going to refer you to your athletes like Jessica Rennes-Hill. There's no way they just go to the gym, spend the whole time looking good and don't work out. They are working their ass off in that gym. They are getting red, they're getting sweaty. That's how you improve. You don't get better by going to the gym and looking pretty. That's not how this works. If you actually want to get fitter, you have to push your body. That's what the lung burn is. Because you'll get the lung burn at, let's say, six minutes in on one EMOM. Um, next week, you go to seven minutes. You know, that's what fitness is. And that's how you know you're improving. You have to get hot and sweaty. And I say be proud of it. You know, you're working hard. I always think that your body should be able to lift a heavy box, run for a bus and be able to tie your own shoelaces. And when you can do all of that, and if you keep that, throughout your life you have an agile useful healthy body strong yeah strong exactly it reminds me of a time that i was going to la i was on obviously a long haul flight the lady beside me she was telling me that she had lost her husband a couple of years before and you know it's quite sad 
they had planned to do this trip together, but she was doing it in his memory and she brought a girlfriend and she was about to go up to pull her bag out of the overhead compartment. And I said, oh, I'll do that for you. She was in her mid 60s. She looked fantastic. And she went, no, 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 I'll do that. I started going to the gym after my husband died because I realized I have to be able to carry my own bag. Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, you have to be able to carry Carry your own own bag. bag. Wow. Good for her. That's amazing. She is right. You need to be able to carry your own bag. You need to be fit enough. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her, I say. Like, it's always nice when someone carries it for you. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure there is somewhere in your socials where you're going to demonstrate some of these exercises. Yeah, Instagram. I'm actually on TikTok now, which is a bit wild. Instagram is probably the best place. So yeah, I will put exercises on Instagram. Anyone that's interested, if you kind of scroll through a back catalogue, there are multiple clips of me doing many things in the gym. But yes, I will put some of these on. I love them. So you've got your drop sets, you've got your supersets, and you've got your EMOM every minute on the minute. And I just like them because they really do bring a little something extra The reason I'm so passionate and I do get so excited about this is because by working on your health, you are working on your fertility. The two are inextricably linked. You can't have one without the other. And it's massively important that you are fit and healthy, that you're eating the right foods, that you're kind of doing the right exercises. So just try, just try some of these things out. They will make a difference to overall fitness. And if you are fitter, your fertility will improve. So these techniques are all nudges towards your fertility just to really move you in the right direction. Yeah. And talking about the right direction, what will we be talking about next week? So next week, we do, of course, have the double. We have Fertility Focus on Tuesday. Now, for anyone who is, you know, looking ahead to next week, Tuesday is a special day. Not only is it Valentine's Day, it is the day where Kieran and I launch our couples program. Hooray! So the Tuesday focus session will be very romantic and it will be talking about how to work out as a couple and the benefits of couples training. Because on a serious note, we know that when you're going through infertility, um, relationships can take an absolute battering. Tuesday focus, couples workouts. And for a main Friday show, we will be looking at other ways to boost your fertility. So other little nudges that you might not have thought about before, including cold water immersion and also supplements. So tune in next week. It's going to be a good one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production. <laughs>